Welcome to Tables Parlay, where we parlay conversation into inspiration. It's 2019, y'all, and so, you know, we are now in February, so we have probably um, started our resolutions and fell off the resolution bandwagon, and then some of us are back on the resolution, and some of us are just like me, didn't have any resolution. We just resolved to be a better me this year, right? So with that, Last year, we talked about wellness and health as you guys, some of my listeners um, journeyed with me um, from breast cancer to health. And some of the things we talked about last year was mental health, depression. Everyone has the blues and everyone has bouts of depression. Um, and so today we're going to talk about getting your mind right. Get your mind right. So in the year 2019, it's it is imperative that we all get our minds right. Get your mind right, right? Because um, when your mind is right, everything else is in order. Um, the biblical perspective says, as your mind, as a man thinks, so is he. So um, what that means is what you ponder upon, what you meditate upon, really will begin to shape your life. And so if you are despondent or in despair, trust me, it will frame your world. So today we're going to have one of my dear friends um, who is a mental health professional and she uh, specializes um, in mental health. Welcome Shu Halegra. Hi Shu. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Can you hear me there now? There you are. Look at you. You look lovely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Sorry for the technical difficulties, but um, I'm glad we worked it out. You yeah. see, guys, I'm on the on in Chicago, and she's on the East Coast, so we got a little bit of a mix-up with time, but we're on board, right? Yes, we're here. All worked out. <laughs> All righty. So I've already introduced our listeners to you, Shu Halegra. She has a business, Hope. What is it? Hope and Grace and, and Hope Consulting, mm -hmm. which is a firm that helps people with their mental health. She also is an expert in and specializes in self-help. So we're going to talk about that today. Welcome, Shu Halegra. Oh, Go ahead and um, introduce yourself and tell us where you're from. Sure. So, hi. Thanks for having me again. Um, I'm Shualegra. I am originally from Congo, uh, West Central Africa, and now I live in Pennsylvania for the past uh, 14, 15 years now. So, it's home away from home. Um, professionally, I am, my background is in mental health and disability services. So, I help people... Uh, achieve emotional wellness, live a full, a reach their full potential, and live fulfilling lives. And I do that through counseling, coaching, speaking, and writing. Awesome, awesome. So to, today I was explaining to our listeners, um, you know, we have our resolutions, mm -hmm. uh, New Year's resolutions, and usually by February we have fallen off those resolutions. Oh, yeah. and, 
and we're a little bit bummed because we didn't keep those resolutions. And then some of us are uh, plagued by bad weather. You know, I live in Chicago. The sun never visits us in Chicago. Maybe it visits Pennsylvania, but it doesn't visit us in Chicago. <laughs> and so some of us uh, experience a seasonal adjustment disorder. Can you explain how a lack of sun or vitamin D can affect your mood? Oh, oh my goodness, yes. Uh, and especially for us women, I mean, in general, a lot of people, anyone who does not produce enough vitamin E or does not get enough vitamin D, sorry, it affects your mood to the point where you might have more depressed mood, feel more depressed more than usual, you feel tired. It creates a lot of aches and pains in your body. And I share this both from professional and personal life. So my, I have a condition um, that is called chronic vitamin D deficiency. My body for some reason- Did you say chronic, chronic vitamin D deficiency? Yes. Now, is that genetic? You said you have that. Is that yeah. genetic or is that because of a lack of sunlight? In the, honestly, the doctors don't even know why I have that. Um, there's no one else in my family that I know who has it. But I do not, I, my body just does not produce enough vitamin E, vitamin D, sorry. And I can be in the sun as much as I want. It's, I still don't get enough. And at one point, they started, they started me on um, taking the highest level of vitamin D anyone can take, taking it once a week for 12 weeks. And every time I stop, my, no, my, mood, my mood literally plummets. I'm physically tired. I can't sleep. I'm tired, but I can't sleep. I got a lot of information in my body, like all aches and pains. Yes. And so now I honestly, I do take the higher dose once a, once a week, but every day I still take a daily dose of vitamin D. That's the only way I can you know, punish, replenish myself because my body doesn't make it. So, you know, and a lot of, lot of us, especially women, we think, oh, I'm just tired because I'm working, I'm taking care of the kids, I'm taking care of the house, taking care of everything else and everyone else. We don't realize sometimes there's more going on in your body. It's not just what you're doing. It's sometimes what your body is lacking. Um, so it's okay to get those, you know, get that blood work done. It's a, it's a easy, simple blood work um, that my doctor does every you know, three months or so to check my levels. And so, that, um, so you recommend that, especially areas in the United States where it's a um, heavy, heavy winter weather, uh, cloud cover, um, inclement weather to if you're feeling down, a little tired, achy jo joints and bones to go to your provider, your doctor. Um, to do blood work or lab work to test your vitamin D levels. And then that way your doctor can prescribe um, vitamin D. That's what you're recommending? Yes, that, that would be my recommendation. And um, actually, you can get vitamin D over the counter in any pharmacy. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, just like, you know, you'll get calcium, you know, any over vitamin. So if you made an appointment, it's a long way before you wait to see a doctor, you know, it, it wouldn't hurt you to start taking vitamin D if you have those symptoms. And, you know, if you go to see your doctor, you know, when you finally get the appointment, you do the blood work and your levels are fine, great. But it's not going to hurt you, you know. It's, it's something that's good for your body anyway. But that's I really good. recommend that you get it checked once, you know, as soon as you can, just to know what your level are. That's good. That's good. Seasonal adjustment disorder or SAD is a legit condition of, oh, yeah. for those who are affected by lack of sunlight. So we encourage you to check with your doctors to get that lab work and definitely take vitamin D supplementation. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of depression, I was looking at some statistics and I discovered that over 16% of the United States in, um, population in some way suffers from depression 
And so, you know, there are many factors um, that affect depression. Tell our listeners in, in your practice, you are a licensed counselor, correct? I am a certified counselor, so there is a difference between license and certification. Okay. So when people get licensed, the license within the state, mm-hmm. and so, you know, you can only provide services in that state. <laughs> and okay. okay, in Pennsylvania, but you, in your practice and your patients, um, what are some of the triggers or what are some of the issues that have caused depression in some of your patients? I would say most of the time it's stress. People often don't come see a counselor or a therapist because they're depressed. They often come because they feel as like life is becoming too overwhelming. They can't cope with life. They're just um, stressed out all the time and something has to give. And that's usually the first indication that, you know, there's, there's more to just you know what's going on than stress. You know, stress might be in a secondary condition if you want, but there's some kind of deeper roots if you want that's going on underneath that might be causing, you know, the depression. So people come for stress and then you start talking to them, you realize this might be something that, you know, um, cyclical where like, if it's like sad, they might be, do, they do better in the spring and the fall and then winter, you know, the mood changes and they're just out of energy to get out of bed and everything feels like it's just too much. Right. Like, Sometimes um, people who don't have a cyclically, it might just be they have depression all year round, but they go through ups and downs, like, you know, no matter what time of the year it is, it's just that they might feel better, like, you know, something goes well in life, and like, yay, I made it, and then something goes bad, and they they, they fall, they drop, you know? Um, so, so what I hear is um, the number one reason people suffer from um, depression is stress, and not knowing how to manage stress. What would you recommend um, um, someone and how to manage stress, some stress management skills? Oh, boy. Yeah, I actually have a whole book. On, I wrote a book called The Stress Relief Method that takes people through different steps of, you know, creating a life of less stress. Because life in itself is it's uh, stressful. Exactly. So things will keep happening. Life will keep happening. But you need to strengthen your, you know, yourself. Just like, you know, during the winter, we strengthen our immune system. Right, mm-hmm. so that you know we don't get a cold and all that. Stress is the same way. You know, you have to work on yourself, kind of create a buffer, in order to, to create a buffer mm-hmm. yes, to okay. be strong enough to deal with what life is throwing at you. So that's the first, the first of changing your mindset, changing what are you thinking about your situation. You know, or do you think everything just happens to you and you have no, um, I, I guess, no control over it, or do you think life will happen but you still have, you know, choice and power to decide, you know, how you're gonna feel. So what I hear from you is a mindset, a positive mindset. And if you ponder too much on the negative, it will frame your world, correct? Oh, yeah. So, um, and so some people don't, so are so overwhelmed with uh, negativity all around them are many different triggers that are, you know, from marriage to children to job. So uh, they have to create a space to to have that positivity enter their mindset. What are some ways you could tell our listeners how to feed their mind with positive um, affirmation? Yeah, I'll say gratitude is the number one way I, I even use in my own life to stay positive. Um, so when something happened, I always reframe it. If something doesn't go my way, what have I learned from it? What good came out of it? You know, literally you have to train your brain to see the good side of things. Mm-hmm. Because humanly, we'll just be predisposed to see everything that's not working. So unless you do that, yeah, gratitude, have a heart of gratitude, be grateful in it all. 
And then what else would you tell? What are the things they could do if they are overwhelmed with uh, bills and uh, marriage is going bad, children are overwhelming, job is stressful, what else could they do? I mean, seek help, you know, and uh, we, we get, life gets overwhelming when we think we have to do it all alone. All alone. I mean, no one on earth no, can do it all alone. We, no one can. So when it gets that bad, seek help, honestly. Um, if it's with marriage, marital issues, seek, you know, see marriage counselor. So maybe mentor. It's not to be someone who's professionally paid to help you. It can be just someone who has more experience in what you're dealing with. Exactly. Um, you know, if it's with the kids, you know, like not having childcare, who else can you trade services with? Or maybe another, another family, you know, how can you create a support system? Support system, yes. So you need, as many times, um, and I've had family members depressed, um, I've been depressed, and many times you don't want to bother people when you're having a season of depression, but, you know, um, you're actually drowning yourself in a dark place. So you have to reach out. <laughs> you have to reach out because God always has help some way and somewhere. So you, you gave really great advice. If it's children, seek a family friend or someone that could probably help you. If it's marriage, marriage counseling. If it's spiritual, seek the pastoral counseling. Um, if you need a mental health day, stay home for a day from work and, and in order to get your mind reset. So that is awesome, awesome um, advice. I want to talk to you about, because uh, everyone has depression, everyone has um, days where you feel kind of blah. When is it um, um, depression uh, to a point where it's clinical, to where you you know that I need to see someone. Is it after a week or two weeks? Is it after uh, a period of time? But how would someone know that, yes, I need to reach out to a professional to seek professional help for my depression or anxiety? Yeah. So in the professional realm, sometimes we defer on how we what was you know, count as clinical. Some people look at having two days. If in 14, you have 14 days of bad days, as we probably normally call them, then we think that you're depressed. You know, you might get that diagnosis, but there's more to depression than just feeling sad. It's the sadness that you cannot, you know, shake off. It's the sadness that sometimes even when good things are happening in your life, you still can't be happy about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, you, you, you with depression, there's sadness, there's lack of interest in things that you uh, you enjoyed before. You know, so that and and then it comes sometimes with physical aches. You know, like a belly ache or you get headaches. Mm-hmm. And I tell people in general, instead of you know, even looking at the professional definition, personally, what I do for myself and people that I care for and you know, love, I say, if you have anything in your life that's starting to impact your life to the point you cannot function, then you need someone else to step in and help you on that journey. That's good. That's good. So, you know, let's talk about some barriers to why people would avoid seeking help. Because I think, especially, you know, this is Black History Month, and I know in my family, you know, I've had family members who were um, long-term depressed, and and no matter how you try to encourage them to seek help, they won't seek help, because culturally, you know, African-American people are typically not going to seek help. Um, So what are some barriers that you've seen that um, hinder people from seeking help when they know they need help? Yeah, and number one is that stigma. The stigma. 
Yeah, because we think that if we have a mental health diagnosis, if we even sometimes people can you actually you can see a counselor without having a mental health diagnosis. You can be say that again. You can have you can seek counseling without having an actual mental health diagnosis, people. Exactly. So just because you seek counseling, it does not mean that you have a mental health problem. And if you do have a mental health problem, it's okay to seek help. So exactly. yeah. the stigma of being called, what's the word, the C word? crazy yeah. mm -hmm. you know the truth is everyone's a little bit crazy okay yeah. <laughs> and i often say normal is overrated right no, What's normal anyway? <laughs> yes it is so much more interesting yeah. I, any party you want to invite crazy to the party you do so exactly. so yeah so yes we have to and you know talk about the stigmas the cultural stigmas of why certain races don't seek you know help i have caucasian friends and I, that is like part of their culture you know like even their children they'll send their children to mental health professionals and mm -hmm. um little johnny is just not doing well in school let's let's take him to the counselor see what's going on with johnny and talk about him whereas with um african-american my family is like girl go drink some water and take a nap you better <laughs> get over it you know and so you know i think it's ingrained in us culturally um, and so, you know, with people like you, hopefully we can break that, that stigma, that stigma down. What are all some other barriers? I know that it's a cultural barrier, but um, let's talk about the financial barrier, the access. Can you talk about those? Yeah. So, you know, financially, you know, that finances can also be a barrier when people, we one, do not have the insurance. They'll be like, I don't have insurance to go see a counselor. Then, I, and then if I can't, uh, if I don't have insurance, like I don't have enough money to pay out of pocket. And I'll say, really seek within your community. Like, start doing, you know, if you call places like NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, they have like a lot of support groups. They might, might have a resource list of counselors that will take on the, um, the sliding scale. So, can I say that again? The National Alliance of Mental illness illness and yes. you can google that and they will have a local chapter in in your community that you can seek maybe free counseling is that what you're saying yeah. yes. awesome so a lot of them will have support groups that are run by peers but then they also have resource list of maybe counselors in your area that will offer you know sometimes pro bono sometimes sliding scale and some of us like like i personally do not take insurance and because I choose not to, and in not taking insurance, I make sure that my services are affordable. And sometimes I offer um, like group counseling so that people share the cost. So, oh. instead of, so that so people, yeah, people can do group counseling and it can, the, the cost is shared. But then let's talk about people being uncomfortable sharing in a group, you know? So, when, but, you have, yeah. mm -hmm. but you said there's a sliding scale. So, based off of your income, and then there's pro bono, some may do it for free. So there, the help is out there and it's affordable and it's accessible. You just have to seek it out, right? Exactly, yeah. And I also had, you know, and I know like you say that some people might not be comfortable in a group, but if they want to do a group, there's options that way. But I find sometimes work if you are not okay sharing, but maybe the first week or two, listening to see that other people in your group have depression just like you do, it kind of still breaking that stigma that one, you're not alone, there's more people like you, and everybody has their own struggle that you know they're trying to um, overcome. Mm -hmm. So, um, but in I did with financial stuff too. What I've I also had churches 
pay for people's counseling sessions. So, you know, if your church is, you know, is used to have some kind of benevolence fund where they're paying for people's electric bill or car repair, it's okay to say, I need counseling. Can the church help me? And That's if you cannot, you know, if you don't feel comfortable asking, I have asked, I and people, I asked some people that I work with, they told me they couldn't pay or they were struggling to pay. I will reduce the price, but then I will, you know, reach out, ask them, can your church support you? And yes. I'll keep making the phone call, okay, writing the letter and explaining to the church, you know, with the person's permission, of course. Um, so, yeah, see, there's, there's other agencies out there, you know, churches that can help. Um, but, and sometimes, too, when we say, and I know, medical health you know especially when we look at the medical model of mental health you know can be expensive and some of the reason like i chose not to be licensed because i don't look at it at the medical model i look at the functional level where mm -hmm. you know, all of us have challenges in life that might make it hard for us to function for a different you know, specific time a short time so and, and it sometimes just need that extra support maybe just momentarily so even on yourself look can you give up that latte you know for today and save that five dollars for the whole week, and then you can okay. make a week or two. So okay. what, again, what are your priorities, right? And okay, because you're saying okay, Starbucks is not going to help you with that depression now. No. So you I know you might want to yeah. save save what you sow into Starbucks and invest in your in your mental health. Exactly. I, I like that. I like what you said. Yeah. So I want to talk about um um not just the stigmas mm -hmm. um but I want to talk about do you think that depression can be generational? Um, okay. So if your grandparents suffered from it, your mother suffered from it, and then it passed, it's like a generational curse that can be passed down, um, uh, down the, the family bloodline. Let's talk about that. How would, yeah. how would you confront that? How would you deal with that? So usually if you see a good counselor, they should ask some kind of history. You know, mm -hmm. who else in your family is experiencing this or who had any type of mental health diagnosis? And there's a lot of research out there that shows that if in your family, you know, if the mom had had um, had a mental health diagnosis, like depression, for example, I think like the child might be, um, have like 30% chances of, of also being depressed. So there, I, I don't have all the statistics in my mind here, you know, on, fresh in my mind, but there is a lot of research, there are a lot of research that prove that, that there is a percentage. You, will, you are at higher risk of having depression, anxiety, if someone else in your bloodline had it. So to be proactive, you would agree that if you know that your mom suffered from it, or your dad, or uh, you grew up in your, with depression or anxiety or any type of mental health issue in the home, that just, you know, to be proactive, to seek counseling mm -hmm. just for your own mental health, you right. would agree. I will agree. And I think sometimes we, we wait, we wait until it's too late. I mean, nobody's too, it's never too late to get help. Don't get me wrong. But I think if we are proactive with our mental health, as we are with our car repairs and insurance, that's good. Then it wouldn't be that then honestly, all of us will be better off. You know, we pay car insurance every month, no matter whether we have an accident or not. Right. So that's why are we not investing in the mental health the same way? That's good. That's yeah. true. We will, um, we'll, you know, we'll do get our hair done, our nails done, and keep things maintained. Um, oil change on our car, pay our insurance. We'll take better care of our um, things that don't even matter more than our mental health. And yeah. that is a very wise, you know, observation. So thank you for that. You know, so let's talk about self care. You know, so now. For those who know or they have experienced um, depression or are experiencing depression, 
what would you say about self-care, what it is and what are some um, examples of self-care? It's not selfish to be to uh, practice self-care, correct? Oh, oh correct. Yes. 100%. Okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. And, and especially when you know, if, you know, if we talk about the, like, the family line, if depression is something that goes, that happens in your family, one way to be proactive, it is to start taking better care of yourself inside and out. So often when we think about self-care, we'll only think, oh, I'll get my nails done, I'll do my hair. But all that is just the outside. If inside of me, I'm crumbling, mm -hmm. honestly, the hair and the nails might make me feel Mean nothing. Mm -hmm. right. And then after that, I'm back in my room crying myself to sleep all night long. Mm -hmm. right? So being, what I call, I call real self-care starts from the inside out. First, start, start, think, no, start, start talking to yourself in a more positive way. Talk in more positive way to yourself. Okay, exactly. number one. Number two. I'll say number two. Start seeking help with everything in life. I mean, honestly, stop doing life alone to the point you're stressed out and then you crash. So you need a tribe. <laughs> you need a support system. Yes. The community. Yes. Mm -hmm. And with those things that you do for self care, do things that refill you. Mm -hmm. you know, refill you, because yes, we pour out so much at the job, with the family, with relationships, just life in general. You need to be yeah. refilled and recharged. So, yeah. so it could be maybe for me, it's prayer, it's meditation, it's you know, time alone, it's reading. Mm -hmm. All those things that honestly do not cost money. Mm -hmm. You know, good self care is not expensive. Mm -hmm. I'll say that again. Good self care is not expensive. Not expensive. Take yeah. a walk. Uh, you know, meditate, read a book. Um, Call a friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So stop putting it, stop you know, refilling yourself, put, pouring things in that make you feel important, that help you get stronger emotionally, spiritually, and not just, you know, in the, physically on the outside, right? Mm -hmm. And and when with self-care also, one thing that I often tell people, don't think you have to have, I don't know, 20 days, you know, to actually enjoy self-care. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. Even when you only have five minutes, you mm -hmm. can make self-care a reality in your life. What's yeah. something that makes you feel energized, that makes you come to life? Yes. Can you do that thing for five minutes each day? That's good. And I bet you it's going to make a difference. But you have yeah. to, again, choose to make that, a, make that a, 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 your lifestyle. Yes. You're really making self-care a reality, not just something, I want to wait when I get that, you know, that gift certificate for the spa. I want to wait for my birthday when everybody gives me money to you know, go get my nails done. That is temporary and it's not consistent. You know, so in order to feel self care that, every day is what you're saying. Even if it's five minutes a day, yes. do something that refills you up. That is very good, especially when you think about mothers, you oh, know, yes. and you know, learning to set boundaries because you give, 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 and mm -hmm. learning to say no. I've always told people no is an anointed word. No, I love that. Yes, it sets boundaries so that you have space and room to care for yourself and yes. that is awesome what you said that is amazing wisdom thank you for all of that i understand you ha also have a self-care kit that you actually have yes. created can you talk to our listeners about that yeah so in the self-care kit um like i said i more about investing in in you like working from the inside out so in the self-care kit um it's nothing tangible it's actually a digital product, so you, you, know, you get a PDF where we talk about the myths in the first, you know, those things that people think uh, that often people mention as a barrier to self-care, mm -hmm. like not having enough time, not having enough money, not knowing how to do it, you know, all those things, you know, you're going to break those myths first. And then there's a worksheet 
that helps you to create your self plan. So it is a worksheet that helps you create a self plan, self care plan that will work for you. Finding in that plan, you kind of um, identify those things that I mentioned, um, those things that refuel you, the things that make you come to life, and then that you set times. Because if you don't plan it, if you don't book it, it's not going to happen. So you need to block that time in your calendar, you know, with your phone physical calendar where you are doing those five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour if you have it, of self-care. But then also some of the reasons we say we cannot do self-care because we have to take care of everyone, everybody else, right? So in the, in the self-care plan, I encourage you to engage others in your self-care. If I, like for me, I love to read and we have reading sessions in my house where everybody's having quiet time. My kids all lay on the floor on my bed. They're reading their own books. I read my book and then, you know, also reach them as well. But not only in engaging others in your self-care, not only you are learning to say no in a healthy way, but you're also teaching them that they can, that taking care of yourself is a good thing. That's right? awesome. That's awesome. So this self-care, health, self-help, care kid sounds like planning moments or time each day um, for you to practice self-care that is awesome can you tell our listeners where they can locate that on the web how can they um, yes. find that on the web so if you go um, let me pull it up here so I, I will miss any of it um, if you go online you do I actually I have a link that'll take you straight to it it'll be easier Okay. bit.ly forward slash create your self care plan. Bitly. Yep. And create your self care plan. There you go. Yep, correct. And I can send it to you as well. Okay. And then um, can you tell our listeners your Grace and Hope um consulting can you give us your handle so that listeners can reach out to you by email or reach your website um, for any mental health questions that they may have sure yeah so the website is graceandhopeconsulting.com um so and it's spelled out you know a uh, a and d i'm trying to type it here as well so you have it and actually and if you yeah if you go on the website at the bottom on the footer all my links are there for Facebook, and LinkedIn, um, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and the podcast. Um, awesome. But in social media, if you just you know, look up my name, Shu Allegra, that's C-H-O-U, and Allegra is H-A-L-L-E-G-R-A. Um, that's, you'll find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all of my social media under that name as well. Wonderful. It was so wonderful talking to you, Shu. You are a blessing. We need more of you. Um, you know, to my listeners, you know, reach out to your church. Many churches are, are creating mental health or counselors in their church. Reach out to them. They may refer you. Uh, reach out to your community. Um, reach out. Don't drown in depression. Um, and so, you know, Create self-care. Self-care is not selfish. Even if it's five minutes a day, as you heard Shu tell you, take five minutes a day to practice self-care and get centered again. And so with that, I thank you, Ms. Shu, for helping us get our minds right this year for 2019. We are prepared and ready and centered, and uh, we look forward you know, to growing with what you gave us today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And with that, 
Tables Parlay, where we parlay conversation into inspiration. We thank you for coming to the table. Once again, Tables Parlay. Mm-hmm. <laughs>